0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the writer and director for *The Hand of God*, Paolo Sorrentino, and the star, Filippo Scotti.
1: Amore, non correre. Non ti preoccupava. Ti si sei fatto grande. Vado oh, domani. Oh, 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 oh.
2: Eternamente voglio scavuzzic. Saber.
0: Ai viand. Non ci
2: riesco.
1: piace più. La realtà è scadente. Fabietto, è tempo di guardare il futuro.
3: Ma è mai possibile che questa città non da fa in mente niente a raccontare.
1: Dobbiamo capire cosa vogliamo fare da grande. Io penso un po' alla felicità, Fabietto. Tu no?
0: I'm gonna start obviously with uh,
2: with you, Paolo. You know, a lot
4: of your previous films have touched on certain themes here, um, characters who or are orphans. But how did you decide to? actually make a fully autobiographical film?
2: I don't know. At the end, uh, I, I do I, I really don't know. It, it, uh, uh, there is a moment in life where you understand, uh, well, when I, when I turned 50, I started to think uh, that uh, I had to select the things, select. To, to select, to choose mm-hmm. the things, uh, I understood that, of course, you 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 spent uh, more. Uh, I just you spent
3: the greatest is, part of your life, which is more than what you've already you will live in the future.
2: Yeah. So you
3: start on thinking about what uh, holds great import- importance to you, and what, on the other hand, has less. And uh, I realized that your origins, your family, the first few years of your life are the most important thing you have. They are the things that have an impact on you in, in an irreversible way. And so that's how I thought that that was the only movie that one should make. So when you end up
4: making this kind of movie about those experiences, tell me a little bit about making a story that is your story, that's true to you, but is also a fictional film that people will appreciate and actually is a movie. You go by uh,
3: Trial and Error, you try to take a look at your life and you look at it from afar uh, as if it were just a story for a cinema. And you try to see your life as a cinematic subject and you try to see if that story you have in mind can make sense for a wider audience and that's the hard thing to do because there are some things that might seem so important to you but wouldn't mean much to a wider audience so after you've done this process then you go by trial and error
4: i guess uh there's a moment the film opens with that's not about you at all. It's It features uh, your neighbor meeting the little monk in this room with a, a chandelier that's fallen. Tell me about choosing to open the film with that scene and what it means to you. Well, first of all,
3: that scene may come off as the fruit of invention, but it was actually a story that my aunt uh, related to me.
2: Mm. It seemed
3: like a good way to start a film, Um, to go back to what we were saying earlier in terms of how one proceeds when transposing one's life story for for cinema. Um, I strongly believe that um, the way a story starts must be very surprising. And this is something I learned from literature. Uh, If you think of great books, the opening uh, sentences need to be something that nails you to that story.
4: So um, tell me about casting yourself and your parents and finding actors who could be you and people you knew in real life.
3: It was actually easy because um, they needed to be Neapolitan actors, and in Naples, there is a wide um, selection of incredible actors, so it wasn't challenging at all. Uh, Filippo uh, is someone I found very soon. He's an excellent actor, and... um, When I saw him, I felt that he had characteristics in his uh, way of being that were quite similar to the idea that I had of myself at his age. Regarding my parents... For my father's role, there was never any doubt that it would be anybody else but Tony Silvillo, given the relationship that uh, ties us to each other. For the mother, I saw a number of actresses and Teresa Saponangelo turned out to be the most suitable one for the role. And for the other characters, it was a wonderful walk uh, throughout this immense park of character actors that populate Naples.
5: conflicted a history podcast is available on spotify apple or wherever else you get your podcasts i hope to see you soon
4: greetings from evergreen podcasts we're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Filippo, um, tell me about trying to become this childhood version of a man that you only know as this grown-up director. How did you build your performance of him?
1: I... Uh, definitely I started from the from the script is the um, like, uh, you know, instinctual things to do is to search uh, a lots of lots of information on, on the script. And uh, then I I asked to Paolo some recommendation about music taste, about something to watch. He recommended me to, to movies in particular, The Man Who Loved the Women by by Truffaut and The Road to Perdition by Sam Mendes because... Such a good movie.
2: Yeah, yeah it is. It's a masterpiece. I agree. The people didn't understand it that. Well. Totally agree. Some of
4: my favorite cinematography ever, Conrad Hall's work in that.
2: So yeah, good. that's true. That's true.
1: Yeah, and this movie that was, um, you know, the the detail that Jude Lowe's walk was, uh, uh, he was walking in a strange way, you know, was like uh, balancing, balancing, Balancing. uh, bouncing, (laughs) And, uh, and, and Paolo wanted for me to recreate that uh, kind of walk because it was like um, uh, expressing that uh, shyness uh, and uh, and it was like important, it was giving lots of information about, about the character. Also because the first half of the movie is uh, basically uh, Fabietto is observing everyone, he's listening to everyone, he's feeling uh, a lot and it, you can understand it from, through his eyes and uh and yes and then uh, i mean um, everything was very i mean uh, natural and then paolo told me because in the beginning i was feeling uh, um, a a huge sense of anxiety uh, because of that Uh, paolo told me uh, try to trust me and follow me and uh, everything will be good so um, and then i i focused basically on Fabietto and not on uh, Fabietto as the um, directors during his uh, teenage years. Basically, this was a bit the the process.
4: Okay, so now I'm curious. What other movies did you use as inspiration for this one? Uh, not just for his performance, but Paolo, what are you? You have references in here. Tell me about some of the cinematic inspirations for this. For this movie.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I have to say that um, I I didn't have uh, too many references for this movie. I had the the, the reference uh, was another Napolitan director that was also an actor, Massimo Troisi.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: But uh, above all, the reference was about uh, the, how can I say, the mood, the the feeling uh, that he put in his movies a sort of a tenderness and uh, of uh, uh, love for the love for the amore amore per l'amore love, okay. love for love yeah mm. this was my most important reference for uh, for this movie yeah you had a different
4: director of photography this time than in the past Daria De Antonio how did you choose to work with her instead of some of your previous collaborators
2: we, we knew each other since a long, long time. Maybe she's one of the first, the first person I met in the cinema world. She worked with me almost all the movies as a camera operator, but um, she's also a DOP since uh, seven, eight years. Mm. So... Um, It was something that was going... For for this movie, I decided to change uh, many people of my crew because uh, after so many years, uh, it could be important to change uh, the people you work with in order to to avoid the routine and uh, to not be... How can I say? To... When you work always with the same people, everything is easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end, you could be tired to work so easily with other people. And, uh, yeah. This movie was very different from the previous movies I did. And so I decided to face this movie like a sort of uh, first movie. Yeah. Mm. And uh, in this sense, Dario Antonio was the first time I worked with she was the right person because she comes from Naples as well. She knows very well the city, and uh, she belongs to my same generation. So yeah. we have a more or less the same memories about uh, places, uh, families, and uh, things about about our city.
4: So I know, um, you know, you said Maradona saved your life. He passed away last year, right? Did you ever get to talk to him, either in general or about this film?
2: No, no. Maradona was not easy to, to reach. I, I, I met him once years ago and I spoke with him another, another time years ago. But um, yeah, he, he lived very apart and he was surrounded by many people and it was not easy to talk directly with him. So, I don't know if he knew that I was going to do a movie where he was so central, so the heart of the movie. Yeah. Hmm. There's
4: a theme in the film that um a lot of the women you grew up with, it seems like suffered to some degree. You had um your uh, your aunt was institutionalized, your mother was cheated on. And um I, I was curious about, you know, it's your story, but it's also exploring some of the the way some of the women suffered. I guess in the culture you grew up in, could you tell me about that a little bit?
2: It's possible. Yeah, we are uh, talking about a culture of the in the '80s yeah. in Naples, in south of Italy. So it's something that uh, could happen. To be honest, even the men, uh, anche gli like uomini che facciano sta fine brillant, brillantissima, diciamo. Yeah.
3: Even the men don't shine at the end of it, so to speak.
2: Yeah. The
3: truth is that at the end of the day, life itself leads you not to shine, whether you're a man yeah. or a woman.
4: Okay, uh, Filippo, uh, we're about to run out of time, but I had one question. Uh, tell me about filming that sex scene. That, that's got to been a, an interesting experience.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd say that it's not a sex scene, but it's like a uh, um, uh, 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 um, uh, a sweet scene
4: mm-hmm. is
1: like a very poetic scene because actually um, uh, the baroness is doing something that's uh, is fundamental for his life is um, helping him to 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 change chapter of his life to no or better to to finally see that it's possible to 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 see the future even even though that moment is uh, is is terrible for for him. So to shot that scene was, uh, I mean, was like um, of course it's it's a different scene, but at the same time is a real very poetic scene. And with Betty, we did uh, great work. It was one day of shooting, and uh, all the crew were uh, very relaxed. Everyone uh, um, was uh, listening to each other, and uh, it was a very sweet uh, sweet day. Yeah. Especially for the last line of the Baroness, you know that uh, he's saying to Fabietto to that he said that she's helping him to see the future. So it's very it's very cute and it's very important.
4: All right. Well, thank you both for taking the time to talk to me, and uh, I hope you get some rest too. I know the jet lag's got to be a beast. So and uh, good luck. I think you're working on a Jennifer Lawrence project soon
2: is that right i i don't know yet i don't know yet we'll see oh, okay <laughs> we'll <figure out. laughs> all right well good luck thank you so much thank you very much
0: hey everyone thank you so much for listening to will Mavity's interview with the writer and director for the hand of god Paolo sorrentino and the star Filippo Scotti, here on the next best picture podcast the hand of god is currently playing in limited release and will be streaming on netflix on december 15th 2021